I don't know, it's kind of almost otherworldly because you're just everything like, and there's people yelling and shouting and cheering and you've got people like giving last minute instructions to riders and stuff, but it all kind of fades out and then everything becomes about either hearing that sound or seeing that light. And um, and we all kind of just took off and it was it was just a beautiful, I don't know, every now and then I, I pause and think about how cool it is when you have that many women all starting off from the line together and you hear the clicking of everybody hitting their their cleats and it's just this click, 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 click and everybody just kind of took off together and it was this big whoosh as we all kind of went. everyone and welcome to the Dirty Chain podcast brought to you by Michigan Midpack Media, the podcast that covers the Michigan cycling scene from the viewpoint of the Midpacker. I'm your host Trevor and this is Sheldon. And on this episode, we sat down with Michigan-based cyclocross racer Sarah Ra Williams. So Sarah came over from the west side of the state to mid-Michigan to sit down with us and tell us about her 2019 season that concluded with her trip out west to race at cyclocross nationals. But before we get into that, Sheldon, how was your week in the mid-pack? I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) I have, the only time I've been riding my bike is to go get breakfast. (laughs) I've been noticing uh, a similar theme in the last few weeks here, Sheldon. Uh, You haven't been doing a lot of riding. No, but I have been swimming, but that's about it. Uh, I've I've only been on the trainer a couple times, and then I've done some uh, just like 15 miles around town, just kind of doing a little commuter stuff just to keep my legs spinning. But uh, I have just not been feeling the trainer. Not motivated, huh? No. But then I hop on Strava, and this week... I had a big trainer week. It, it, it hurt me just looking at it. <laughs> I I put in over 200 miles on the trainer, like virtual miles or whatever. See, you do the miles on the trainer and I look at your Strava and I go, all right, I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know. I mean, like, so either you can just, well, you have a few options. One of the options is to uh, get a fat bike and and ride outside a lot. We don't have fat bikes. We've talked about that before. Um, The other option is to sit inside and dream of spring, which it seems like you're doing. I've, I've I've been rocking the shorts. Just. Yeah, you, yeah. You still wear shorts in the middle of <laughs> middle of winter, um, and then the 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 final option is to to ride on the dreaded trainer, and I I just got to do it. I got to keep I got to keep moving. So yeah, I, and so tonight we're we're back in the studio, our home studio. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm sitting right next to Trevor's bike, next to the trainer, and it's just taunting. Why me. don't you actually should should we conduct the rest of this? You want to jump on and get some? Not mi- at all. <laughs> Not in the least. <laughs> yeah, so we mentioned it. Um, one of the options at this time of year is uh, to be not only riding fat bikes, but to be racing fat bikes. And I know there's a lot of fat bike races that 
um, have been going on in Michigan. Yeah, and, we have a few different series, it seems like. Yep. And um, It seems like uh, if your name is Jordan Wakeley, you're having a great season. <laughs> Looks like he's taken first in um, quite, Everything. A f- <laughs> quite a few of them. Um, but I know there's a lot of options there. And I mean, like Polaroid is coming up um, in February. Um, the North American Vasa um, race is, is, is before that. So I, And there's probably a few others that we're missing. But We had one this past weekend. What was that one? Uh Fat Chance. Fat Chance, Fat which chance. Uh, Jordan uh, took first in. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, so there's, I know there's a lot of people out there a lot cooler than Sheldon and I that maybe are getting out to these races and we'd be interested in hearing about them. So if you're racing any of these, if you're going to uh, uh, take part in any of them, like send us back a report, give us a call or send us an email or, or shoot us a message. Even, on, if, even if you're not out racing, if you're going out for a fat tire ride... Send us some pictures. Yeah, Tell s- us about your ride because right now I haven't been doing much. So I have to live vicariously through somebody other than Trevor because I don't want to live vicariously through someone that's riding 200 miles <laughs> on a trainer because that just makes me feel bad. Just send us a message to show us how much better you are than us. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick before we get to the interview, you may have been noticing we have been featuring a specific uh, bike company on our Instagram page, KOM Cycling. They make different products. Sheldon, I know you own a few of these products. Yeah, I've got a, I've got I think four of their Garmin mounts, Great, and then yeah. I've got a the trainer block that I apparently don't use. It's just <laughs> a piece of furniture in my living room right now. And then I have their uh, their tubeless kit. And their, I, their injector, I'm, which yep. is amazing. I just used it the other day because I threw 33s back on my single speed. And, and I have one of their uh, tubeless repair kits. So we've known the owner of KOM for quite a few years. He's a local rider who's uh, been training with us over probably the last three or four years. And um, as the company has grown, we've accumulated various products from them. And being that it's also a mid-Michigan-based company and we're a mid-Michigan-based podcast, we've been discussing different ways that we can work together. So uh, more details to come out about this later, but um, eventually we'll get Austin into the studio to tell you about his company and tell you about the great products he makes. And uh, as a side note, we love the products. There's We wouldn't waste your time talking about products that we don't believe in. Yeah, most of the products I've had years in advance, even before the podcast. So, Sheldon, we sat down with Sarah Ra Williams. We I, Had you met her before? Uh, we'd, see- we'd cross paths at, like, uh, Hellcat, and, mm-hmm. but uh, this was our first formal introduction. Sure, and she did a fantastic job. Once again, we have um, an interview with someone who does a better job at talking in the microphone than you or I do. I know, now we have to just, like, Alexi, Sarah, here you go. Yeah, we just give them the... It would be a way more popular podcast. They're better writers. <laughs> <laughs> but Sarah did a fantastic job of um, talking through her season and, and then just uh, sharing um, about her new bike. We talk a lot about one of her new bikes that she just... Um, got and then also about cross nationals and she kind of schools uh she definitely schools me on cyclocross because i had really no idea about what was locally available and in the midwest and on the national scene and then he found out that there's hand ups in cyclocross and i think he just about changed out his tires (laughs) (laughs) i went and bought a cyclocross bike right away no (laughs) 
Ra was nice enough to travel to Lansing and joined us in the Lansing studio, the professional photography studio of our friend Nicole Cottom, who's done our photos in the past. We decided to go there because the lighting is just a little bit better than Trevor's basement. Yeah, just a little. <laughs> <laughs> what, this one standalone lamp isn't enough? <laughs> hey, Sheldon. Cross is coming. So, like, I think, yes, this is the first time we've recorded in this space, but with your bike and your brand new bike, like, we had to get, (laughs) I feel like we needed it in a uh, a very photogenic space. Yes, because it's, yeah. The funny thing is, anytime I post anything about it, I get, like... 50 to 60, you know, oh, that's amazing. That's awesome. That's so cool. And, and I get private messages about it. And I mean, it's the, the first two times that I posted anything about it, it was kind of just overwhelming because kind of it was like, whoa, wait, <laughs> you know, and now I'm getting a little bit more used to just kind of giving a, you know, yep, it's a new brand. You can check it out. Go check out the website, that kind of thing. You should thing, have something like copied. Like I, you know, your, I really your, should. On, like on your notes or something. Yeah, or just, like, like, just copy, copy paste, paste, copy yeah. paste. That would be a good idea. So how does it feel that your bike is more popular than you are? You know, I'm not really surprised. Because, <laughs> I mean, look at it. It's it's beautiful. So, <laughs> so when did you but, actually get the bike? Then? Um, That was the first week of January, right? Yeah, that it showed up. And um, I opened it up and immediately my first call to him was, oh my God, it's me in bike frame. This is this is me in a bike frame. It's crazy and, how, yeah. And what, it what totally the... was not intentional to match that well, but it just really does. What were the steps of getting the custom paint job? Um, well, originally he was like, just check out the website, look at the paints. You, if there's any paint job that really stands out to you, let me know. But so we're I talking really about, think... what, what's the guy's name? Ryan. Uh, Ryan, Ryan at Bolt Cutter. At Bolt Cutter. Yeah. And Bolt Cutter's out of Utah? Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Salt Lake City? Yeah, Salt Lake City. So um, he was like, you know, I really have this this frame that I think really you would really, really like. But if, you know, if you like one of the other ones better, you know, let me know. But really check this one out. I really think that you're going to like these colors. And I saw it and I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that is definitely. And he's like, I have to warn you, the colors don't show up quite as well on the website as they do in person. So here, let me give you the Pantone colors. And of course, with uh, Caleb being the the computer and the, the color guy, we <laughs> threw them onto his what was it? Um, paint or Photoshop. We put them in and, and did the fade and everything. And that was actually how we came up with the, the color of the logo. Um, cause he was like, you can pick whatever color logo you want. Um, he's got the whole set of colors that you can choose from. And so we spent a night going through comparing which colors were going to look good. Cause I knew that I wanted to somehow tie in the hi-fi, uh, stickers that were already on there. And uh, so we found the the blue was probably going to be the best to make it pop. And I definitely am not sad with that choice. Oh, it man. pops. Yeah, that looks bike great. is just stunning. Yes. Did you reach out to Ryan or did Ryan reach out to you? It kind of was kind of a mutual thing. Um, he started liking some of my pictures. And then I always get interested when I see a brand liking my stuff. And so yeah. I kind of checked out. And then I really liked his um, website. I loved all that. I've always been a, a big geek for customization and making your bike your own. Um, Like my road bike is a Project One Madone so that it's, at the time, it was one of three frames in the world that had that specific paint combination. So then I got intrigued by, you know, looking at his website and and I really liked his colors and everything. And and we kind of started chatting more. And um, then 
um, the Hi-Fi guys all ride Bolt Cutter. And so then we started chatting at nationals and talking a little bit more. And um, Robbie and Josh were both like, yeah, we love our bikes. They're, they're amazing. And so that, that kind of perked my interest a little bit more Mm -hmm. and yeah and then it just kind of turned into you know he was like well I've got this frame that I think you would love (laughs) and he was not wrong (laughs) so yeah um so it was really cool so um I love his philosophy of not being boring and um you know doing your own thing and not having the same thing that you know a hundred other people show up with the exact same bike Mm -hmm. um so you know, I, I felt like it was just kind of a really good fit. So what is, so it is a, uh, is it a cyclocross specific frame or is it more of a gravel frame? Like what? It's kind of a do everything kind okay. of a frame. Um, so it's technically gravel, um, but Ryan is actually working on developing a cyclocross bike that is stripped down and is, is basically that frame, but with none of the extra bolts, um, which is really cool. That, that was my but, question too. That's, that's why I kind of asked because it yeah. has all the extra um, bolts for With, top two bag yes. and um, are there bolts for you've got um, a third water bottle down on the bottom and then you've got like panniers and I mean like you can put everything on this yeah. bike which is what I was interested in because I want to be able to take it out and do you know a, a century ride and not have to worry and I, I'm hoping to be able to get into some of the longer more enduro gravel races okay and so um, it, it just kind of fit really well with what I'm hoping to do in the future. And so I'm excited to be able to kind of test everything out and, and see how everything fits on there pretty well. Yeah. Are you, are you going to, um, are you going to race it for cross next year or are you going to, um, you know, I'm, I'm still kind of testing it out so far. It seems to be working. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been a little spoiled with my flyover. Um, unfortunately, since Foundry is no more, it's been really hard to find something that rides as well as that flyover does, because that is definitely, it's a cross rocket. And so far, I've been pretty impressed. This one has held up pretty well to some of the, the um, tests that I've kind of put it through. But I still have a lot of work to do to see how it does on cornering and all that kind of stuff. But, but I am definitely really excited to see um, how it performs once the ground is a little less frozen. Oh, for sure. Um, but my goal is hopefully to be able to uh, ride it as often as I possibly can. So. Yeah. But. Well, it is. It's incredible. It <laughs> I'm is. really I glad. Know. It's hard to stop looking at it. Yeah. Thank you for bringing it oh, with you. So like a little the, show and tell. I know, right? The raw decals and yes. the, the puppy prints did those. Did you put those on? They're here? actually cat, they're cat prints. Cat prints. Yes. Cat prints. But um, Ryan actually did that for me um, just from talking to me. And um, through our conversation, he kind of picked up on a couple things. And I always wear cat ears on my helmet, um, partially because, I mean, why not? But then also because it really actually catches people's attention when you're on the road. Uh, drivers actually give me a lot more space than, than what they used to without them. And I totally thought my friend from California was full of it and was you know, feeding me lines that these cat ears make a difference, but they do because you make people smile. And I think it makes them realize, hey, that's a human, not just an object in my way. And I have almost every ride, I have at least two or three people make comments about, you know, I love your hat. I love your helmet. And So Michigan Gravel 2020. 
Yes, are we cat all gonna, ears. Are we all going to have cat ears now? We should. I, I mean, think so. And yours match your hair? They do. I have multiple sets of cat ears, so I can change it up depending on what my, my uh, personality is out for that curi- day. Out of curiosity, where did you find them? How do they mount to your helmet? Uh, yeah. They, <laughs> did, yeah. <laughs> so they're actually from a shop on Etsy called Zombie Love Squad. And she makes a whole variety of different cat ears and tails and all sorts of fun stuff. And my friend Ashley in in California is the one who kind of hooked me up with her and Ashley actually super glued hers onto her helmet. I wanted to be able to take mine on and off. And so I use a zip tie around my helmet and then I clip it on cause it's got hair clips on the bottom side of the ear. So you can just clip it on and it, it stays nice and flat. I've never lost an ear knock on wood so far. Um, but that seems to work pretty well. And one of our other teammates actually uses, um, the command strips. Oh, right, yeah, three, on, like the but she's lost her ears a couple times, so I don't know if I trust that. Are you worried but. about um, uh, how non-aero the ears are? You know, that is the one advantage of cross <laughs> is that you really don't have to worry, <laughs> don't about, have to worry about being about aero. That. And I rode with them in um, dirty, or no, it was um, what race was it? Uh, Hellcat. Um, I did the the Hell Kitten 50 on a tandem with That's right. I did Linda. See you there. Yes. yes. Yep. And she, I made her a cat tail, and she actually wore it for the entire 50 miles. That's... So I give her way more credit than than me for the cat ears because she actually had a, a cat belt? tail. Yes. Okay. It was literally tied around her waist, and she wore it the entire time. That's really nice of her <laughs> to uh, indulge you that way. It was pretty <laughs> I awesome. don't think I would. Uh, but if you <laughs> look on the Michigan Gravel series, the picture for Hellcat Hundy is us on our tandem. So it paid off Fantastic. clearly. <laughs> Are you going to be at Hellcat this year? Yes. Yes. That race is. I will be tandeming. Was with my Linda. very first gravel event ever. Oh, nice. Yeah, back when it was out of Third Coast Cycles parking okay. lot, and it was yes. just a free get together ride. Uh-huh. And that was what got me into gravel. Awesome. So That's a good race. That, that to get race you is in. always just kind of a have to do it every yeah. year. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I've got to do it. I haven't done it yet. It's always what? a Sunday. It's always a, yeah. He works Sundays. Oh, that's so sad. Sunday mornings. Um, well, I don't know. I'll have to figure it out one of these days. She's a sick day. Come on, pull a Sheldon. It's <laughs> worth it. It's totally worth it. It's super fun. Just be prepared because everybody, everybody's the first like 50 miles. You're like, oh, it's no big deal. This is not bad at all. And then you hit the last 50. And and it's, <laughs> it's always headwind. Yes. There's always climbs. Yep. And you're like, the last half, you're just like. Oh. The first half is pretty rolly and, and, is, and you it, can and flow really well. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's, it's a fast race too, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's definitely not slow. Yeah. No, no, not at all. <laughs> So do you do much, I mean, in, in terms of like gravel racing, yes. I mean, you said with the, your new bike, you hope to do a little bit more gravel racing. Yes. Is that, have you been doing a, a bunch of that in the past or just kind of dabbling I in the have, gravel, um, gravel dabble? So, when? yeah. So I actually started out as a roadie. I was pure roadie for a long time, which is kind of sad to say, but, um, then I started a, getting, this is a safe space. You're I know, right. Okay. I can admit it. It's okay. <laughs> I call myself a reformed roadie all the time. He's because... still half roadie. So <laughs> I'm, I'm still half roadie. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. There is still something beautiful about cruising down the pavement Absolutely. and just kind of rolling free. But I have to admit gravel and cross are where my heart is mm-hmm. now. But, um, I started my first berry was in 2013. I believe. Um, and that was actually one of my very first races that I ever did. And was that um, the one that they got like the freezing rain? Uh, that was 2014 because that was the one that I ended up with the concussion. 
because mile 11, I had a guy go down in front of me and I literally ran him over because there was uh, nothing yeah. I could do. And I went down and hit my head and didn't realize that I was concussed until I got back to the finish line. And one of my friends was like, uh, your eyes are dilated. And so, yeah, I don't remember any of that race. Was that on Sager Road when you uh, No, it was actually mile 11 was just turning off some of the pavement onto one of the gravel stretches. Uh-huh. And it was solid ice and the guy just went down and there was nothing. I still feel really bad. So whoever you are, I'm sorry. <laughs> so I have no idea. Because I, of course, hopped right back up and, and I was like, I got to go. I got to go. And didn't even think about it. And there was three very sweet women who kind of rode with me and helped me get to the end. So, but I don't remember who they were. I have no idea. I seriously do not remember any of that race at all. So that's frightening. It, it kind of is, Yeah. but I mean, typical cyclist, we just get up and keep going. Right. So yeah, is my bike. The, okay. That's the big question. Yeah. Get to the finish line. <laughs> yeah. No, was your founder, your very first gravel. It was not. My first one was actually an all city macho man that uh, I built up oh, at nice. the spoke folks back in 2013 in preparation for Barry. And that one, it was the very first time that I had ever built a bike. And uh, Caleb helped me out with most of it. And thankfully, our marriage survived that experience because <laughs> is that it was an adventure. Than, is that worse than building up Ikea furniture? Like uh, building a bike is... You know, I think the bike is a little more straightforward. Okay. But, right. <laughs> but not by much. But um, yeah, so it was fun. We, we built it up at Spoke Folks. And um, I spent years riding that one and um, loved it, still have it. Um, it's a great bike. It's uh, super heavy. <laughs> so I always joke that that was really good prep for getting my flyover, because once I got my flyover, then it was like, okay, this is a rocket I can really fly. And One and, for training, one for racing. Yeah, yeah, yeah seriously. So, and I actually use it to pull for school, because we live five miles from our kiddo's school, and so we regularly ride to school and I pull him either in the burley or we've got a weehoo, which is a really cool contraption um, that still has him in a five point harness, but he can pedal, um, which makes him much happier than sitting in a burley for the five miles. But, <laughs> but so it's a really good kind of do everything bike, but it, it's, I think it's going to be relegated to the grocery getter at this point now. You got to have that bike. I so, mean, so Barry then in 2013, yes. that actually preceded your whole, uh, um, your, your whole like cyclocross. Yes. Oh, for sure. So when did that the cyclocross actually happened because I was looking for a way to get back into road racing form after having our kiddo. So my very first cyclocross race was 2016 and okay. I only did a couple and it was like, oh, well, you know, everyone says that this is really good to, to get back into shape. And, and I really wanted to, cause I missed crit racing. It was like, I really need to get back in shape. So I'm ready for, for the spring and I can hit it hard. And it was fun. It was hard. A slap in um, the face. <laughs> I did. Yeah, it was. I, I started out in the Kiss Cross series in Grand Rapids. And, you know, everyone was like, oh, yeah, you should try it. It's really fun. You'll love it. And, and I hated it because I sucked. <laughs> and I was like, this is awful. I don't know why I'm doing this. And, and, and Caleb just was like, well, you wanted to get some good exercise, right? So just keep doing it for exercise. And, and so I did. And, and I got better. And I got a little better. And um, we have so many good cyclocross races in Grand Rapids that it was easy to kind of do a good handful of races in that first uh, season. And I kind of discovered more and more that, hey, I really like this because this is all me. Um, When I was road racing, I was the sprinter. And so it was a lot of stay tucked in 
you know, hide behind your teammates and and be protected. And then, you know, a lot of pressure for those last 200, 100 meters. And which was, I mean, it's fun. And I still love crit racing and road racing, but it was kind of nice to see what I could do on my own. And so then 2017 rolls around and I did some road racing, some crit racing, but not as much as I was hoping to. So then I was like, okay, well, I might as well do this, this cyclocross thing again. And 2017 was when it was really like, okay, this is really fun. Cause I did a bunch of different races and I went to a bunch of different, um, parks and I didn't really travel too much, but I did just all of the, the kiss cross races. And, um, I did, um, just a couple of the, the USAC races too around the area, but I was able to kind of try different terrains more than I had the year before. And I was like, okay, this is, this is really fun. I'm going to kind of start seeing what I can do with this. Um, and then 2018 was kind of the, the year where I really started focusing on trying to advance in cyclocross. Um, I went to, um, what was Vanderkamp at the time it's now cat camp. Um, but, uh, went to Vanderkamp, got to meet a couple of my idols on Vanderkitten Racing, um, Alex. I had kind of sort of been following her. Um, she's a UCI writer, and so I'd been kind of following her and, and asking her questions. And Ellie, um, Gabriella Stern, used to live in Michigan, and she was really well-known amongst all of the women who race cyclocross. And so getting to kind of talk with them and chat with them and learn from them at uh, Vanderkamp really kind of sparked that fire. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go and I'm going to, I'm going to get better and I'm going to, um, advance as much as I can. And so I spent the summer doing Grattan and using my road races as my prep for my cyclocross season. Um, and so then cyclocross season came around and my goals were, um, I had to win, Alma, the, the open, and then the, um, four five race to be able to cat up to cat three, to be able to race cat three at Trek. Um, and thankfully everything worked out and I did. And so then I was able to cat up to cat three and then spent the rest of the season kind of, uh, chasing as much as I could. But, um, then, um, really just discovered that yes this is where my heart lies and and cross is is really for me because I love that it is all about what I can put out there and there's no help from from anyone yeah, else you can't draft it's, in a yeah, cross yeah you're race. not you're not going to get too much assistance i mean other than encouragement you're not going to get anything else from anyone else and um, and if you do draft, you run into the risk of them not taking a corner well or hitting something the wrong way. Blinded or, by mud in your yeah, face. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So it, it very quickly became this, okay, this is all about what can I do to become a better racer? And I love the challenge of going out there for 40 minutes, 45 minutes, and just going as hard as I possibly can. My average heart rate um, is usually... Uh, between 186 and 189 for the entire time, which, uh, yeah, kind of terrifies my dad as a trauma surgeon. And so it kind of, he's like, don't tell me, I don't want to know. I got a couple questions. Um, You mentioned the kiss. Yes. Kiss cross. So tell us a little bit more about the, that race series. Kiss cross. So kiss cross is an unsanctioned race series that whiskey hand ups. Yeah. There's lots of whiskey hand ups, beer hand ups. You got to watch out every now and then we do some really weird hand ups that don't necessarily hit the spot, but Hey, we try to have fun. Um, what would be an an example of one of those? uh, Uh, we gave, 
<laughs> we, we gave, apple cider. <laughs> well, yes, oh. apple cider was one, but the, I think the worst one was Green Goddess Smoothie from Bolthouse Farms, and it kind of looked like, like it was. Oh, thing? it was, and it was warm, so it was kind of gross, oh, no. and just it was not fun. Probably and the consistency what, is not what you want to no, be. No, <laughs> not one little bit, and it looks like when because we had like opaque cups. And so the guy who we gave it to thought it was beer. And so he was completely thrown. But um, we do like hamburger hand ups, which is kind of awkward, but it works. Um, hot dog hand ups, bacon hand ups. So how many of these go on throughout the season then? Uh, usually there's five. Okay. Uh, and they go on at different parks in the Grand Rapids area, which is really nice because then you get all different sorts of trains. But there's also one in Holland and there's one in Hastings at this point. So we're trying to kind of expand a little bit. So everyone has to travel a little bit, but everyone has one that's fairly close. But it's it's all about keeping cross weird. It's all the fun stuff. There's no... I mean, other than the usual, but it's you can, yep, whatever you roll up, rung what you brung, you show up, you have fun. It's all about playing around and and getting back to the spirit of cyclocross because it's it's all supposed to be for fun. So, like three years ago, I did my first couple Kiss Cross races and I can't remember the name of a park. I want to say it was like Kennedy Park, maybe. Or it was like the name of a president, I want to okay. say. Um, and there's a big sledding hill in the back, and there is a guy back there with a full handle of Jameson whiskey and plastic shot glasses. And by like the seventh lap, I was just shit house. Yes. <laughs> yep, that sounds about right. It was terrible. That would be Man- Manhattan Park. Man- oh, Manhattan. Manhattan that was Park. It. That and was that it. was actually the, the course <sighs> in 2017 that made me really be like, okay, I'm doing this. I'm Because I couldn't ride that hill the first time. Oh, that the tough. first year, and, I couldn't do it. And it defeated me every single... And so then for 2018, I'm like, I'm riding that hill. I'm doing it every time. And... So far, knock on wood, managed you, to as do as it. Like, the top of the hill, it has that little like narrow single track uh-huh. that's super ready. Yep. And the first time I did it, it was just it was like a kind of like today that snowy yes. rain. It was just terrible. It was Slicker and snot. Oh, nobody was riding up the hill nope. that day. Nope. And of course, the guys like halfway up the hill with the plastic shot glasses and every time. <sighs> Yeah, yeah, that was. I, I didn't drive home from that one. <laughs> Good plan. Thank you for being responsible. <laughs> yeah, I had, I had a significant other that was able to drive. That's helpful. So then, besides the the kiss cross, which is, sounds amazing, yes. I I need to experience you need that. To come. This. Yes. Um, then, what are some of the other races, uh, cross races? I'm not very familiar with a lot of the cycle cross okay. races in Michigan. So he has yet yeah. to do a. a cycle I, I have. I've never done a race. Okay, yeah. we need to change this because yeah. seriously, you do it, you're going to get hooked. It's yeah. it's so much fun. So, like, uh, what are a couple other big ones? I know Alma's one. That, yes, um, Alma is usually the start of the season. Okay, um, and so that's always kind of the big. A lot of people really try to get to Alma because it's it's kind of the big party that we're back cross here. We're having fun. Yep. Um, um, Tyler, uh, Claudier always comes yep. and does a um, uh, kind of skills camp the day before and or the oh nice yeah the week before usually on uh, Memorial Day he or not Memorial Day, Labor Day um, he comes and he does a skills camp for you and you can go and you can ride with him and he goes through the entire course with you and kind of gives tips and tricks and and so it's super fun and he does the dirty ride too yes the, the yep, gravel he does race. dirty John he's always. Oh, okay. yeah. race that he's awesome. Yeah. He's super fun to talk to, and he is super willing to share tips and tricks. And and um, I one of my favorite things that I tell myself is is um, when in doubt, run it out. And that was one of the the things that he told me when I was trying to ride something. And he's like, you know, it's great if you can do it. Yes, it looks cool if you can do it, but especially in a cross race, if it's going to be something that you can't hit ten out of ten times, just 
when in doubt, run it out. And so his that's been kind of my, are, yes, he has some really, dismount like training videos on his Instagram mm-hmm. and he just, he's super smooth. It's so smooth. And the way he teaches too is it's just really easy to pick up on what you're supposed to do because he's so good at explaining it. Um, I love all of our crew. We, we do um, what's called questionable traction on Wednesday nights. It's our cross practice that we start uh, the end of August and we go until basically until we don't have sunlight anymore. Um, and it's super fun. But it's also when I started going, it was kind of very like, whatever, just you just get on your bike and you just you just do it. And which I mean, works, but it's like, well, OK, but there's technique to, you know, you want to do it the right way. And, and so and his videos and his his training has helped me get rid of my stutter step and the dreaded stutter step when you're going to get on and, and you Bouncing go to jump and bike. you bounce an extra time. And oh, <laughs> oh yeah, it's and I mean, it still comes back every now and then. But he's the one who really helped me get it gone. So what about when you did, uh, Vanderkamp? Yeah. What were some of the skills that you took from that? Uh, we did, that was another one that we worked a lot on dismounts, remounts, that kind of thing. But then we also talked a lot about the importance of cornering. And, um, we actually went into the, the place that we were had a show ring for horses. And so we were using the jumps as our barriers, you know, obviously taken down a little lower. Uh Um, and then we were using, uh, the, the course that they had set up for the horses to practice and um, going through and just doing some really tight cornering and everything. Um, so cornering was a big focus of that. Uh, that camp, we only did a little bit of cyclocross on it, but we did a lot of discussions on how to train for cyclocross and what sort of things you needed to focus on. Um, so it was a lot of talking about um, what skills are you going to go practice in the woods when you're doing some single track on your cross bike to get more comfortable with with some of the courses. Um, some of the courses actually feature a lot of single track, and so it's, it's really good to be comfortable going through on your cross bike. Um, and then um, talking about just letting your tires slide and getting comfortable uh, where we were in Virginia for that Vanderkamp. Um, the, the gravel roads were real gravel roads. So it wasn't like Michigan gravel where it's kind of dirt with a little bit of a gravel thrown around. It was literal gravel roads. So your tires were, were constantly slipping. And so that was a really good, we did a lot of gravel rides where we were going and then, um, they would tell us, okay, no, intentionally go over into the soft shoulder so that you're getting used to kind of your bike being a little squirrely underneath you and, and just kind of getting used to that feeling of it not being where you expect it to be. Sure. So. Controlling the lack of yes. contr- or the lack of traction. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, kind of jumping back a little bit, can you tell us more about Vander Kitten Racing? <laughs> um, so Vander Kitten is um, the team that I've been on for the the last two years. I was um, invited to be on the VKCX team, which is Vander Kitten Entourage. Um, on in uh, 2018 for the first time as one of their development riders and then i raced again in 2019 for them um, as just one of the the straight team riders Um, and it is a really incredible group of women the the whole focus is on empowering women through sport and um, it's just it's amazing how much having a strong team around you helps kind of encourage you to hit those goals and and uh, has really made me focus on 
Um, we all joke. We all want to make Alex proud. Alex is our team manager. And so everybody goes out there and we all work really hard because we want to make Alex proud. And uh, I've told her a couple times when I've had really good results, I'm like, all I could hear was you in my head telling me you are strong enough to do this. You go get it. You deserve it. And um, it's just been really fun to, to kind of push myself and have uh, girls who totally get it and understand and always know just the right thing to say um, to really inspire you, keep you going, get rid of that bad feeling when you don't perform quite as well as you want to. It's just, it's it's kind of like having a family all over the country. So, How big of a team is it? And are you the only one in Michigan? I'm not the only one in Michigan. Okay. Sarah Garrett actually rides for VKCX or did in the, the um, 2019 season. Um, she unfortunately had some health issues, so she only got to race for half the season, but she got to go to track with us, which was really cool. That was her first time getting to go there. Um, and then we have uh, 10 girls on the team in 2019. Um, and we were all over the country. We had a couple in California, a couple in Virginia, um, obviously Sarah and I in um, Michigan. And then we had Aaron is in Washington, D.C. So just kind of all over. It was really fun to be able to represent at races all over the place. So it was really cool. When you're saying Trek, you're saying like the UCI. Oh, yeah. um, so Trek World Cup is it's actually on the World Cup, the the um, UCI cyclocross circuit. Yeah, it's super early it's, in the season, right? It is, yeah, yeah which is, it kind of can be kind of challenging, especially because Jingle Cross, they swapped this year, last, or, uh, in 2018, it was Trek Cup and then Jingle Cross, and they swapped it this year, so it was Jingle Cross first and then Trek. But those are two World Cup races, so like all of the pros, all of the European pros are there. It's it's an amazing experience because you get to race on the same courses with some minor changes, but the same courses that the UCI pros are racing on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like and, Katarina Nash is yeah, there. And, yes, and Katie Compton. Yep. Huh? Yeah. It, it's amazing. <laughs> um, try not to fangirl too much. Um, <laughs> and like Sunny Gilbert and... Um, Sana Kant was, she didn't come this year, unfortunately, but she was over here in 2018. So it's really cool because especially at a cyclocross race, it's basically, you're just there. There's no like real separation. So you can just be walking to go get some food or a coffee and you can see one of your heroes and get to take a picture with somebody who like, I ran literally <laughs> kind of embarrassing, but literally ran into Jens Voigt, like like, smacked into him. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> Had to like apologize and then stuttered and oh my god, it's you and you know and he's like, "Yeah, it's me." <laughs> <laughs> so clearly he's used to it, but um you got a picture with him and, and he actually I'm super proud of this. He complimented my sock line. So he's like, "Oh yeah, you're clearly a cyclist. That sock line is nice and, and tight." <laughs> Perfect. That's all you want. I know, right? I'm like, Floyd, I'm done. Right? <laughs> That's it. I'm good. I, I can retire now. My, my my season is done. So but. you did you did the Trek Cup in uh, 2018? Yes, that was my first time there, and then I did it again uh, this last year. This last year, yeah. yeah. Or this season, or is it is it the season over? I mean, uh, it for is. me, it is. Okay. It, it's kind of weird. Uh, cyclocross in the states usually ends with cyclocross nationals, uh-huh. but internationally, it actually goes all the way through February. That's yeah, still so, still going strong right yeah, now, for sure. Yeah. So in so you cat it up in 2018 to yes, cat three. three, and then so this last season or this season or yeah, 2019 the season, 2019 season. What were some of your goals? That you you said so 2018 you put you gave us some of your goals that you wanted yes. to win this this and this so you could cat up go to trek so 
for 2019, what were some of your goals for 2019? Um, a couple of the big ones were just performing well at track, um, but it wasn't my main focus. So it was kind of hard because track is so early in the mm-hmm. year that you want to do well, but you also don't want to kind of, you know, spend all of your sure, effort there. Because yeah. um, I was really focused. My A race was on the nationals, cross nationals this year. Um, and then my B race was um, the major Taylor cross in Indianapolis. Uh, so I love that course. It's got a crazy hill that is super fun to climb. I mm, I love climbing and I hate climbing. I do really well at climbing. It's not my favorite, but I do pretty well at it. So I always try to find races that have some pretty decent elevation changes. Um, and so Major Taylor was one of my, my big goals, um, all kind of as a build up to getting to cyclocross nationals and being kind of at peak performance at cyclocross nationals. So, and it, it paid off pretty well. Um, I, um, was fifth overall on the first day at major Taylor and I won the, the cat three category. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the second day we had a couple mechanicals, so that was a little, a little bit more challenging, but, um, still ended up on the podium for, for cat three. So, and we had podium puppies, so that made it all better. Do you run Um, a pit bike? I do. I try not to use it. Well, or at least I tried not to use it. (laughs) Um, because it was my all city, much love to my, my sweet all city, but, uh, it was as heavy as my flyover with about 10 pounds of mud on it. So unless something catastrophic happened, I tried to avoid having to pit as much as possible. Um, so do you have someone in the pit then? I do. Caleb is actually hanging in the pit for me and, okay. and he does all my, my pit stuff for me. So, uh, which is pretty cool. But this year I'm excited to have options for an a bike and a b bike and and uh (laughs) it'll be nice not to have to avoid yes exactly i don't have to worry about trying to avoid it at all costs so yeah Yeah, one that doesn't weigh super excited to have two 18 pound bikes instead of an 18 pound every barrier is a risking a hernia yeah (laughs) (laughs) you know you are not wrong It was amazing how heavy it it was. And then especially because most of cross races, I mean, especially in our area, they tend to be super muddy. And so I do not even want to think about taking my all-city out. But, so uh, so you did well, Major Taylor. Yeah. And then... Um, so yeah, let's let's talk about nationals. Yeah, nationals was a trip, man. <laughs> um, it's really cool because once again, it's all of the the big names in U.S. cyclocross are there, and you're just hanging out. And you know, there's tents everywhere. You can go walking through. You can go say hi. You can watch them as they're warming up and kind of kind of see what they do to get ready and what their race prep is. But then it's also it's really fun just to meet. Um, people from all across the country who love this sport as much as I do. So um, it was really cool to get to hang with some of my California teammates too, because I don't get to see them very often. Um, and this, and, I mean, this year uh, nationals was in Washington. Yes. Yep. So this year we had to travel a little bit more. They try to do it every other year. They try to go to the opposite ends of the country as much as possible. So uh, 2018 was Louisville. Um, 2019 was Washington. 2020 is Chicago. Chicago, yeah. So that's going to be a big one this year for for a lot of us. That could be cold. Yeah. Yep. It's it's probably going to be muddy. (laughs) It could be true cross there. Tri Cross Cup is is uh, been 
pretty much a muddy mess for all of last season, so I'm expecting a lot of the same. Have you so, done that race previously? I have not raced at that venue, um, and actually I don't think that venue has actually even been used for cyclocross before, which makes it really exciting because you know it's going to be brand new for everybody. Um, but I have done some of the Chai Cross Cup races, and they are super fun. Now, when you were at Nationals, how many... How many days were you out there, and how many races were there? Were there? Oh, there were races every single day. Um, how is we, it? How is it set up um, in terms of? Uh, well, actually, before you get into that, <laughs> I want to know. I want to know, like, what what do you have to do to be able to compete in? Okay, to, to be able yeah. to go. Uh, so it, it's for most. If you're not racing the UCI race, we have um, different masters categories. So you have to be a Cat Three. Um, and then you have to fall into one of the age range categories. So like we call the um, 30 to 34s, we call them the baby masters because they're the brand new, this is their first time that they get to come. Mm -hmm. um, so you got the baby masters and then you go into kind of everyone else. So I'm in the um, 35 to 39 for thankfully for another couple of years. <laughs> yeah, we so, can edit that out. We yeah. don't, you don't need to oh, tell people how I'm cool with that. <laughs> I'm cool with that. Although the one thing that you have to remember with cyclocross is that your racing age is always a year older than yeah. what you are because you go based off the UCI calendar, which kind of sucks, but that's okay. Um, uh, all year, I'm always saying I'm. I know, older. right? Like right now, if people are like, how old are you? I'm like, oh, 36. Yeah. It's like, wait, oh, no, wait. No. I just write that on every Everything. registration. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just get used to it. Yeah. Race and age. Race age. Yeah. I go by my race age. It's it's fine. <laughs> We're weird. What can you say? <laughs> but yeah. So um, so anyway, they have all these different categories that go throughout the day. But then you can also race as a junior. Um, so they have the jun all of the junior races too, which is really fun to watch those kids going and taking on these courses. Because I mean, they're not easy by any means. And so you're watching these 10 year olds go and just bomb down these hills that, that I'm still like, oh, wow. I don't want to die. And they're just like hitting it. So it's really cool. It's because they lack self pre yeah, preservation pretty much. skills. Yep. They, they have no idea what it, what it means to really get What's hurt What's a broken yet. collarbone? I don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> Eh, my mom will take care of me. It's fine. <laughs> Days off of school. <laughs> yeah, for real. So they run those races um, because you race on on the day before uh, the elite race, right? Uh, we actually raced. So the day before Saturday is always the single speed race, which is always huge. Okay. Um, and it's just a crazy, crazy party. So that's it's single speed Saturday. Um, and then Sunday is the pros. But I raced on Friday. Um, and well, Tuesday was my first day that I raced and that was kind of a, it's a non-championship. It's a 23 to 39. So it's a pretty big age range and it's just supposed to be just a non-championship, go out, have fun kind of a race. And I like to do that one kind of in prep. So then I know the course at race pace because it's entirely different to do a practice ride and a practice lap feels entirely different than doing it at race pace. So sure. I always do that one kind of as prep if I have enough time in between that race and my actual race day. So um, I we got there on Sunday and we came in a little bit early because I hate jet lag. And so I wanted to make sure that I was as rested as possible. And so we got in on Sunday, got to see one of my cousins who lives out there, which is pretty cool. Um, and then Monday was when the rest of our teammates showed up and, and we kind of all prepped for 
um, the race on Tuesday because uh, two of my California teammates, um, California has kind of a hard time getting people, they don't have a lot of races, which is kind of shocking, but they don't have a lot of cyclocross races. So racers out there have a hard time catting up. And so our two racers from California who came were not able to race in the master's races because they weren't cat threes yet. And so we were all going to race on the Tuesday race together, which was super fun um, to have all of us in cat ears out there and uh, in our rainbow kits. And we all were wearing our cat ears. It was awesome. (laughs) Um, It was super fun. Uh, We were a little worried that that the officials might not be too happy with it, but nobody said anything, so (laughs) we got away with it. But um, yeah, so it was a really fun um, way to kind of get used to the course and... (laughs) It kind of worked, kind of didn't, because on Tuesday, it was dry. On Friday, it, it was, was not. not. <laughs> <laughs> so, And you I know. can only imagine for the California racers. Oh, they were in their mud, thermal jerseys. Well, and mud probably just isn't even like part of their training no, plan. No, not really. They, they do sand and dust is, is pretty much what they're used to. And, and uh, I felt kind of bad because they were all like huddled around with, the space heater and, and, you know, all bundled up and and I'm like, okay, you know, it's (laughs) it's fine. I had my long sleeve, but I was debating, do I wear my long sleeve or do I wear my short sleeve? And they're in their thermals and they've got like neck gaiters (laughs) and everything. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but you should invite them out for Iceman. I've tried so far. No interest. (laughs) So you race on Friday. Yes. And how did that go for you? Friday was totally different. It was complete slop, but it was super fun. We were fortunate in that it rained all day on Wednesday and Thursday, and then Friday it misted for most of the morning, but it was it was pretty sunny at times too. So it was kind of that, that weird kind of enough that it kept it... It kept the mud loose enough that it wasn't like sticking to your bike, but it was still enough that running up the run-ups was just awful. Just that slippery but mud. Yeah, yeah. It was just not under your feet. And every time you took a step, your feet were just sliding right back down, whoo, back to where you started from. Um, but it was, it was uh, I don't know. It, the whole day was stressful, but not in a weird sort of way. I was really worried that I was going to be super anxious and that, it was just going to be horrible. And it really wasn't. It was um, nice to have my teammates there to kind of help keep the nerves down because we had a dance party in the morning while we were eating breakfast. And um, my teammate did my makeup for me because a cat eye that makes you feel extra confident is like the icing on the cake when you're out there. I usually there. have Sheldon do my makeup for you, me I mean, you know, you got to find someone who's got the talent. Mm-hmm. You got to have those and, skills. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> hey. But, you know, whatever gives you that extra confidence, um, it makes a difference out there. But, um, so, you know, she did my makeup for me and so feeling pretty good, having a lot of fun. And then the sun came out even more and like stayed out and so we were super excited that, hey, we actually are seeing the sun. And then we got to the course and you realize how sloppy it was. Um, but I mean, based on all my experience in the mud this past season, racing in Michigan and, um, kind of surrounding areas, it really, it, it didn't throw me too much that it's like, okay, well, it's going to be different than it was. All right, we'll what, go for what it. What were the temps like? Uh, it was forties, low, low forties in the morning when we got there for, um, our pre-ride. And then it kind of got a little warmer. I would say it was maybe mid forties, but the sun was out. So it was to us, it it was like, this is amazing. Um, the, the California peeps weren't quite so happy with it, but I mean, you know, we gave them lots of hand warmers and toe warmers. That was, that was my gift to them was use these, they work. Um, 
but yeah, so then it was um, trying to go through the usual prep. I try really hard to not get too stuck into a routine, but at the same time do enough that kind of helps calm my nerves and makes each race kind of feel as similar to the one before as I possibly can, um, especially with the big races where I, I really have expectations for myself. Um, I try to make it as normal as I possibly can, if that makes sense. Um, so it was going through my usual pre-race warm up and rituals and stuff. And, and, um, pre-ride was a trip, uh, because there were so many people trying to get on the course to ride it that we barely had time to complete an entire lap. Cause you would go and you'd ride and you'd ride kind of the easier sections. And then you'd get to one of the technical sections and you'd have to stand in line and wait for everyone to oh, go, yeah. especially on the descents. Cause those descents were crazy. And, um, so I really only got to do the, the pre-ride, once I was hoping to get to do two laps, but there was just no way to make that happen. And, and so um, normally that freaks me out, but for some reason I was like, okay, it is what it is. And um, I'm, I'm guessing it's probably, we have a teammate who we call the Queen of Stoke, and that is a fitting title. She is just on all the time. She's amazing, super fun. She gets you out of your head and just gets you to focus on having fun and that, hey, you're going to go do something stupid on a bike and this is going to be awesome. And so she kind of helped me keep out of that, that kind of anxiety headspace. And, and, uh, we basically just had a party all the way up until, until race time. And about half an hour before race time, I went off and, and I have this little ritual that I do where I go off and I do, um, <laughs> 50 remounts and, um, which sounds like a lot. It's really not that much cause it's just going and hopping and, and doing them. But, um, I go and I do that and clip in and out just to make sure that, that I know and can find my pedals fast. And, and I have a little mantra that I say to myself when I'm doing it. And, and so the half an hour before the race, that's kind of my little, okay, get into the right headspace kind of thing. And then you show up at the line and it's just, chaos and it's everybody's milling about everyone's yelling to their pit crews and to their people and and what pit am I going to be in what number am I going to be in throwing bottles throwing jackets just absolute nuts um how big of, of a course, field was it yeah uh oh good question I think we had did we have 20 25 I think in our so it was a smaller field than than what it has been in the past but um but it was also a lot of the big names in, in our group. We had um, both of the women who won it in the past two years were there. Um, we had a brand new woman who races for um, Audi who ended up winning it, who had just shocked everyone on Tuesday at, at the race and had won the the non-championship race and had just flown. And so everybody's kind of, you know, joking around that, that she's coming from, um, further back in the pack. And yet she's, you know, oh yeah, she's going to, she's going to fly every, past everyone and, and just take it. And she did, um, <laughs> which was, it was really fun to see. Whereabouts um, is she from? Uh, she's, I think she's from Washington, I believe. What was she from Tacoma or Seattle? So, somewhere in Washington. I, I actually, I speaking of city, where exactly was Nationals? It was Tacoma. It was Tacoma. So okay. yeah, yeah. So it was really cool. Um, technically Lakewood, but we roll up to the line and they always call up the top eight last, which can be kind of weird. So everyone else rolls up and then they get the front row set. Mm -hmm. And so I had a second row start, um, which was much better than Nationals last year, where I was third row, which gets a little exciting. Um, 
And we roll up and you get there and then you have to stand there for five minutes. And it's the worst five minutes of your life because you're standing there and you're cold because, you know, it's still mid forties and you've got the anxiety going and you're shaking because you're anxious and you're cold and you're ready to go and you wait and you wait some more. And some people are super talkative. That would be me. Some people are super quiet and, you know, don't ever want anyone to say anything to them, which would be the two people standing next to me. So, you know, it's totally kind of just, you kind of have to do your own thing and, and get into your own, own headspace. And, um, and, uh, I had a teammate in the race with me. Alex was actually racing in that race too. And, um, it was really nice cause she was super calm and she was, you know, standing ahead of me and, and she was very focused. And so I'm like, okay, I need to be like Alex. Alex is calm. I need to focus. And, you know, and, um, the big difference for nationals and then for UCI races, is you go off of a light, instead of a whistle. And so I'm used to hearing that, that whistle sound and I really have to work on making sure I'm looking up instead of looking down at nationals because the red, the lights go from red to green and that's how, and it's any time in 30, in a 30 second time span and then it goes. And, um, <laughs> Uh, thankfully, I was looking up this time. I was not on Tuesday, so <laughs> whoops. Um, but so that was that was a good um, kind of thing that I was running through my head. That okay, look up, look up, look up, look up. Um, and it's amazing how that five minutes feels so long, but then that last like ten seconds, it's this weird. I don't know. It's kind of almost otherworldly because you're just everything like, and there's people yelling and shouting and cheering and you've got people like giving last minute instructions to riders and stuff, but it all kind of fades out. And I always call it the peanut voice, you know, like the pe peanut adults yep. on the cartoon, the wah, 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 wah. That's kind of what it sounds like when, when it's like, okay, I've got to focus. And then everything becomes about either hearing that sound or seeing that light. And, um, the starting straight at nationals this year was ridiculously long. It was, I mean, just, it, just a huge expanse of pavement. And so there had been tons of crashes in other races at, on the start because it was so slick from the mud getting um, tracked onto the course. And so I was super nervous that, that a crash was going to happen. And thankfully nothing happened in our race. Um, and we all kind of just took off and it was, it was just a beautiful, I don't know, every now and then I, I pause and think about how cool it is when you have that many women all starting off from the line together and you hear the clicking of everybody hitting their, their cleats and it's just this click, 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 click and everybody just kind of took off together and it was this big whoosh as we all kind of went. And um, I think I got a little too caught up in the moment because I suddenly found myself being swarmed by everyone from in the back. And I was like, oh, wait, no, I got to focus. And so um, thankfully, I was able to kind of focus back. And um, I'm, I'm fortunate that I'm pretty good at starts. Starts don't tend to throw me. Even if I miss my clip-in, um, I can usually get up to the front pretty fast. It's that sprinting coming Sorry, back to help me. Sprinting. Uh huh. Um, and so I was able to get back up into the top... Um, I think it was top eight when I hit the, the end of the first section. And then I managed to get back up into like the top five ish for hitting the run up. Um, and then the run up, the way that they had it, um, going into the run up, there are really only two paths that you could take just because it was so rough and so bumpy. Um, and so everybody kind of went 
into those two lines and then you hit the run up and it was just everyone spreads like crazy. And so then you've got all these people coming behind you and um, it, it was basically all uphill. Once you got off that pavement, it was all basically uphill leading up to this super long, super steep run up that was about 45 seconds long, which in cyclocross world, that is a stupid long run up. And so then you hit this, basically this wall of mud and everybody's hopping off their bikes and swinging their bikes up. And then you get this like, um, almost like a swarm of people because everybody figures that this is their chance to get going. And so it, it became kind of a battle of the bikes because you're almost using your bike to kind of defend your yeah. space and, and swinging it wide to kind of take up more space. And, and we all made it up and, and the first lap went really well and I was feeling pretty good and sitting in a pretty good spot. And I was probably seventh or eighth at that point. Um, lost a couple places at a couple points and then picked them back up and got all the way through the first lap, feeling good, went into second lap and... Um, Made it through the first part pretty okay, and then endowed on one of the descents. Oh, no. And it was like, ah! And I literally, like, went completely over the bars, did the whole slide down. The, unfortunately, there's, there's pictures of me from far away, but not close enough that you can really fully see. But it was literally slide down the descent, have to turn around and run back up to get my bike. Um, and oh, well, the, the, the most important, did the ears stay in the helmet? I actually, I was not wearing them for that oh, race, okay. unfortunately. I, I wasn't quite brave enough to wear them. I was worried that the, for the actual championships, the officials get a little bit more intense about what they allow and don't allow. And I was like, I'm not You have to worry about sock length it, and all that. Well, it, they check your tire width. And so I was more worried about, you know, if, if they're like, not going to yeah. like my tire width, then I was like, I don't want to push it with the ears because, um, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. They scan your bike with an iPad looking yep. for motors. Yeah. Yep. And it's crazy. Um, but yeah, so I endowed and slid down and had to run back up and get my bike back. <laughs> so you back slid down, but your bike did not. My bike did not. My okay. bike stopped completely. Did not move. <laughs> Hit that little. So there was this divot in you came around and you came around and went kind of down this little shelf which was fine. But then if you didn't immediately go back up over to the right then and get far enough up to the right, then you had the risk of sliding into the bowl. Well, my second time through, I did not get high enough and my tire just slid right into the little bowl and flipped me over. And, oh. and uh, yeah, so then it was um, quick, run back up, get my bike, run back down <laughs> and remount at the bottom and just try to, as I'm, riding, um, trying to do like a check, make sure that, okay, I, I feel like everything's fine. My bike seems to be working fine. Is everything okay? Um, my handlebar was a little bent, but that was pretty much the only damage that I had. And so then it became, okay, now I need to do some damage control and catch the people who had gotten past me. Cause at that point I ended up, I was probably in 15th or 16th at that point. Um, and I just kind of set my sights on picking off people as as I went and I caught a couple people pretty quickly, but then there were a couple others that I really had to kind of fight to, to pull back and, and spent most of the rest of the race just focused on um, pulling them back and being smart about my efforts and making sure that, that I hit it hard in the run-ups um, and then didn't sit back and relax too much on the kind of easier sections. And so I was able to pull back 
and ended up 11th, which was one spot out of my goal of top 10. Uh, but considering, considering I will you had take to go it. back and get your bike, I mean, yeah, that's exactly. not too shabby. And so now my teammates are all giving me a hard time about uh, running backwards on course, which is a big no-no. And like, oh, you're lucky that a, an official didn't see you doing that because, you know, and... So now that they've been jokingly calling me rule breaker and, you know, and, oh. <laughs> so I guess stuff, uh, we, we probably should get into the bike nerd part of it. Oh, yes. What tires did you run? Oh, I was on my PDXs. My, are they Clemente 30, 30 they're 30, 30 yeah. Yes. No, 733. Tubular or tubeless? Um, well, we didn't, we had them. They were tubeless, right? Tubeless. Yeah. So tubeless. Yeah, it was yours that rolled. We, we had issues with one of them rolling, but... Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so mine, my... Melissa's was tubed, though. My pit bike was, was tubed, but, but on my flyover, I had tubeless. Tubeless, and, okay. and I was running... What was I? I was... I think it was maybe 20 in the front, 22 in, in the rear, um, just because it, it was a little higher than what I probably would have done um, for the mud conditions, mm -hmm. but there were so many rooty spots that I was really worried about burping, burping and, and having an issue with that. So I went a little higher. Seemed to pay off pretty well, though, but um, but yeah, those are... I, I unfortunately am not uh, lucky enough to have a whole arsenal of different tires, so those are kind of my go-to um, cyclocross tires. Mm -hmm. So Now, is that a one-by bike? Mm -hmm. It is. And what do you run for your crank in the front? That would be a question for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So 42 chainring. Yes, 42 chainring. And 1132. And 1130. No, 1136 for. 1136. I do 1132 for gravel, but okay. 1136 for okay. for cross. Just to have that little extra kick when you when you get some of those super super those steep. Real punchy. Yeah, it's nice yeah. to be able to, especially like Major Taylor is one where having that extra just gives you extra just to be to able get to up climb. That climb. And, yeah. When you're literally like chest to your handlebars because you're so angled. <laughs> what was the uh, what was the duration of the of the race? Um, women typically race for forty minutes, mm -hmm. so I think I crossed the line at forty forty two, I think, and I think the winner was uh, I think she might have been thirty nine fifty six something like that. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure it was thirty nine fifty six. So so right around. The 40 mark. They, they do a really good job at figuring out lap times and uh, hitting it pretty close to, to the 40 minute mark. So, which I appreciate because I don't know that I'd want to be out there much longer. Yeah. <laughs> so you said you did nationals uh, in 2018 as well? I did. Yes, I did at Louisville. Um, that was an adventure. Um, it was super fun. It was super slippery and super steep. So that was actually what made me um, want the, um, 11 by 36 instead of the 11 by 32, because okay. I did that one on 11 by 32. And it was like pulling teeth, trying yeah. to make it up that hill. Cause it was just so steep and it didn't look like it. If you look at the pictures, it does not look as steep as it was. But then when you're actually there, you feel like a billy goat. Cause you're standing, you know, you have to prop your legs up funny so that you can actually stay on the side of the hill. But, right. And I'm going to shoot for uh, 2020. 2020. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's... Um, Is that your big focus for next year? Um, I don't know if it's my main focus for next year. Um, I, I'm always careful not to be planning my season too far in advance. It's definitely one of my big race 
goals. Um, but it's, it's until I get to usually July is when I really kind of start thinking about, okay, what are my cyclocross goals going to be? Um, just because so much can happen, you know, you can get injured, you know, you can end up overtraining for something, all sorts of things. Um, so I try not to get too focused on what my goals for the season are going to be until closer to the season. And then I kind of reevaluate, okay, how am I feeling? How do I feel like my training has gone, um, through the start of the summer? What do I really need to focus on? Um, and then kind of go from there. Uh, some of my kind of broad goals are I'm going to try my first UCI race in 2020, which is kind of terrifying. Um, which one? Uh, probably Major Taylor. Okay. But if I have the opportunity to try one earlier, I might see if I can sneak into another one earlier. But I just, I really love the Major Taylor course and I know it well enough that I feel like I would be pretty confident to be taking on that kind of racing. <laughs> which, uh, which month is that race? That's in November. Okay. It's, uh, um, kind of mid-November, so um, enough time to kind of prep and prepare and possibly do a couple more, because um, there's a couple other UCI races that I could jump into um, if I am going to try to take on the, the UCI race in Chicago. Outside of then cyclocross, yes. looking ahead, what other goals or what other events? Gravel, or gravel, 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 glorious gravel. <laughs> um, so... The, the two that I can really speak to already are um, Linda, my fantastic stoker, um, is going to, or we are going to be taking on Barry's 62-miler. Um, we are one of very few female-female tandem teams out there, and so we're, we're uh, shooting for, for a pretty good position for the 62-miler nice. at Barry. And then um, we're doing um, the Hellcat, we haven't 100% decided that we're doing the, the hundred miler, but we're both kind of like, well, why not? If we're going to do the Barry 62, we might as well. It's, you know, only a, a month later. So, right. Yeah. We'll see how well that works. <laughs> Try um, to earn sounds like a great hundred, idea. In I the, mean, the hundy undies. Yeah. We, we've done a hundred <laughs> miles on a tandem before. Actually the, the, uh, second time that we ever rode tandem together, we did the Holland hundred okay. because why not? Uh, we rode the tandem for the first time, two days before and did uh, 10 miles. And then we're like, hey, let's shoot for 100. And <laughs> it's just it another really zero. Fun. I mean, What's it worked. <laughs> exactly. It worked. Um, and so we're going to try to do a, a fair amount of gravel racing together um, just because it's it's super fun. And um, then the big goal for the summer for me is there is a race in Virginia called the Dirty Kitten. Um, it is put on by Alex and her husband, and it is the toughest race I have ever done in my life. Um, the 60 miler is brutal. So it's a, a circuit race. You do three laps of 20 miles and it is solid gravel or off-road. There is no pavement on the entire course. Fantastic. Um, when is, is this? Uh, what? When is it? It's July 25. The one problem is that uh, the... Um, divide. The Manton Divide is the next day. So I'm going to have to miss Manton. But oh. um, Dirty Kitten, there is one hill on on this course that uh, everyone has named it all different things. Um, they call that section where this hill is the litter box, which is an apt name. <laughs> um, 
And this hill has a section that goes up to a 26.6% grade. What? On Flintstone gravel. Ooh. Yeah. My goal this year is to ride it. I want to stay on my bike. I did not stay on my bike at all. You may want to keep that eleven thirty six. Yes, that is that is the plan. Um, can you fit a forty two? <laughs> <laughs> I know. How how big can I go? How low can you go? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. So that is one of my big focuses. So July twenty five, I'm going to ride that hill. Um, even if it's just once, I just, I need to make it up to, they, they have a luau at the top of the hill to welcome <laughs> you to the top of the hill. Um, but most people did not make it uh, up that hill on their bikes. And so my goal is to be one of the people who actually makes it And up. you have to do that hill three and times. You have to do that hill three times. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's brutal. At least you have, um, if you can't do it the first time, you have a couple other times yes, to try Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Assuming you have any energy left by the end. Yeah, because you're not burning matches yeah, I mean, yeah, no big deal. It's, it's no big deal. But but yeah, so that is my, my goal, um, is to, to ride that, that hill this time. Um, <laughs> Chris has told me, oh, you can ride it. It's fine. I've ridden it a bunch of times. Yeah, when it's just the hill that you're riding and not everything else. But um, it's a super fun race. It, the course is gorgeous. It's all on a private farm. Um, so Did you, you already say where, where is it? It's Virginia. Oh, Virginia. Rapidan, yeah, Virginia. Yeah. And so now how many times have they? It, this will be the second year. Second Last year, year okay. was the first year. Um, and we sold out in, I think it was three weeks that it took to, to sell out. Oh. So maybe a little bit longer, but I mean, it was, it was sold out pretty fast once, once yeah, she put it up there. For a second year race, that's um, impressive. Yeah. So, and this year we actually have more spots available and there's going to be camping available on the farm. So how, you can How even, big of a field are they allowing? Uh, this year's 350. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's going to be super fun. Is it... Is it, this might be a dumb question. Is it a female-only no, race? No, it is not. It is um, for pretty much anyone who wants to come try it. They have the different levels. They have, uh, so we call them the burritos. So you've got the full burrito, the half burrito, and the baby burrito. Um, the uh, short distance is doing the one lap, um, 20 miles, which is still a huge accomplishment. And it was really cool to see all of the people who... Um, took on the 20 miler who kind of were wondering whether or not they were actually going to be able to do it. were coming across and finishing and, and just were super proud of themselves for being able to finish this 20 miles. Cause it was not easy by any means. Um, I took fifth place partially because a ton of people dropped out. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Which was convenient, but, um, you don't have to tell us that you could just say you took fifth <laughs> I know, place. Right? I took fifth place. <laughs> in just the reeling, yeah, just I know, reeling right? people in the whole I took, time. I took fifth place in the elites. But, you know, we, we won't mention that, you know, over half of my field quit. So. <laughs> but um, it is, it's just super fun. It's a beautiful area. It's really cool to get to be out there and to literally not have any pavement. I don't know of any other race that has no pavement. It's just 100%. Yeah, uh, yeah 100% gravel, farmland. Um, you get to bomb down some really beautiful hills. Um, you get to climb a lot um, and just kind of go see the beauty of that part of the country. And thankfully it's so beautiful because that definitely distracted from the pain on the third lap when you're going out and, and you're like crying because you have to get back on your bike and, and go do this again. But, but it, it's a super fun race. So I, I can picture goal, that being a pretty hot race too. Yes, yeah, it yeah. is. You July definitely 25th have to, yeah, in Virginia. it was, it was super hot. Thankfully Humid. we start really early. 
So the first part of the race, you're, you're pretty okay, but by the end, it is definitely. So there are um, aid stations available, and of course, when you come through, you can stop, and, and they have a, a kind of a pit section where you can store your water and everything. And then they have a fabulous party afterwards, so then you can rehydrate or dehydrate even further with some good beer. But... <laughs> You feels know. like that's a staple of gravel. I mean, I mean kind of. They kind of go hand in yeah, hand. Yeah, you, you can't Bikes have and gravel. beer in general <laughs> kind of go hand in hand. But but yeah, so um, those are a couple of my, my goals that I have already set. Um, but then I, I generally try to kind of leave it pretty open, just kind of see how the year goes. And, and I find I, I disappoint myself less when I don't plan so far in advance, <laughs> <laughs> just because life has a way of, of uh, kind of throwing curveballs, so... It's a little safer to say. Yeah. Well, that's a nice thing with being here in Michigan now is your options are almost limitless. Yes. I mean, every, I think we have a gravel race. It's almost every weekend now. Yes. I mean, yeah. it's, it's gotten it's fantastic. crazy. And they're all really good races. Yeah. It, you know, it's not like, it's like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'll go do this one. It's, they're all super fun. Yeah, you look at it and you're like, and, oh, I don't want to miss that one. Yeah. I don't want to yeah. miss that one. It's, it's all, I yeah, can't You also miss have this. to make some choices too, yes. even in our own state. You have to make choices about what, should I do this? Should I do that? You know, yeah. they kind of fall on like pretty close to, to one another. So oh, yeah. And then you start looking out, outside the state and it's just like. Well, oh, the ones that we have here, I don't want to miss. <laughs> it gets really hard to try to to plan and figure out, you know, what are you going to do? Where are you going to go? And and um, and it's hard because I always have to try to be careful not to overdo. I love gravel, but I always have to be careful to protect my cross season and make <laughs> yeah. sure that I'm not overdoing it. Don't want to peak and, early. Yeah, and ruin exactly. That. Yeah. So, which is where the the July comes in. That's a it's a really good target because you know I can go hard for July and then have time then, to to still rebuild for for cyclocross season. So. Yeah, it's going to be an adventure for sure. This is fantastic. I think I think this is this is perfect. Well, yeah. we will f- for sure uh, be seeing you on some of the gravel races. Definitely. I mean, we won't. You, you can't you miss, can't miss you. you. You can't miss me for sure. <laughs> look for the ears. I mean, the look ears. for the bright purple bike. And now, the, exactly. yeah, the new bolt cutter. I yeah. mean, thank you for driving out here oh, and meeting with us and sharing your cycling experience about nationals and, yeah. and a little show and tell with your bike. It was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, you're the first cross rider we've had on. Wow. Yeah. I feel honored. It's been a pleasure for sure. And hopefully we can actually get you out on a cross course. Yeah. Well, now that he knows about here. hand-ups. Well, now, yeah, I yeah. Mean, <laughs> how, how have I been missing hand-ups in my life? Seriously, sure. like, cyclocross speaks so much to you because you're a sprinter. Yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> love booze. There you go. It's checking all Boom, the boxes. Done. I mean. <laughs> what more do you need? <laughs> Thank you, Ra. Appreciate it. Of course. It. It's been a pleasure. The Dirty Chain Podcast is a production of Michigan Midpack Media. Connect with us on Instagram and Facebook at Dirty Jane Podcast. Email dirtychainpodcast at gmail.com or call our hotline at 616-522-2641. Photography and studio space provided by Nicole Cottom. Audio editing and original music by Trevor Gibney. Sheldon Little handles the social media, graphic design, and of course, bad decisions. And as always, keep your cat ears clean. But get your cat ears dirty. Grab a whiskey hand up. And we'll see you in the mid-pack. Okay.